0: right, guys, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 15. Kind of working our way through the Gospel of John, and we've been focusing on that third section of John, which is his upper room discourse, when Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross, and he's trying to help his disciples to understand. And he's been focusing on what they need to hear right now, because let's set the setting for you. They are in the upper room. They've just celebrated the Passover meal while the Passover meal was being celebrated. He instituted what we call communion or the Lord's table, focusing on the new covenant in his blood. And he's been sharing with them very clearly about that he's going away. And that things are quickly going to change because he's going to die. And that yet he will be back. Now, they're not wrapping their brain around this. And and I completely understand that because they've been with him for three years. They've seen amazing, exciting things. What are you talking about? You're going away. You're going to die. I mean, because they gave up everything. And now he's saying, your life is going to change. It's going to be different now. And because it's different, I need you to understand some things. So he's been reiterating to them about their relationship with each other. He's been reiterating to them about his relationship with them and also the introduction of the helper, the Holy Spirit, who will come because he's going away. And so in the midst of the passage, remember he repeated a command. He told them that he gave them a new command, that there's something that he wanted them to do. Now when he repeats something over and over, you think we need to pay attention to that. Yes. And so, in fact, that's what I want to start off with. I want to talk about the command that we see in verse 17. If you look at verse 17, he says these simple words, these things I command you that you love one another. Now, he said that back in verse 12, of chapter 15. He also said that in chapter 13, verse 34. And here's what I want you to see. We need to pay attention to the things that Jesus repeats. We need to pay attention to the things that Jesus repeats. And what was it that he's repeating? Well, John thirteen thirty-four, a new command I give you that you love one another. And as I have loved you, you also love one another. So he's really stressing the importance of loving each other. And I'm not just talking about verbal love. I'm talking about love that's in action, just as he loved us. You are to love each other. Now here's the thing that I need you to understand. What is he talking about? Is he talking about how we are to socially interact with each other? No, it's actually something so much more than that. So here's my point. Jesus' command goes deeper than just social interaction with each other. He's about to tell us why you and I need to love each other. And it's more than just the atmosphere of church. Oh, it's such a loving place. People are so loving. you know. And that's a great thing to be told. But it's more than that. He wasn't just talking about the atmosphere. He wasn't just talking about how we're to socially be with each other. He's giving this command because there's something deeper going on. Because he knows, look, he's getting ready to leave. Now notice what the discussion is about. The discussion he's been having with them is about I'm getting ready to leave. This is what's going to happen to me. They're going to take me and kill me. Your life is going to change. Life is going to be different. So therefore, you love each other. That's more than just talking about an atmosphere, isn't it? more than social interaction. It's talking about something far deeper, why? Because he's telling them and he's telling us, you guys are headed into troubled times. And that's really what I've entitled our message today, troubled times. You know, it's interesting, you know, I'm a news guy, so I watch the news all the time and maybe not as much as I used to when I was younger in ministry. I used to watch it all the time. When we pastored in Canada, there was an AM station called 680 News and out of Toronto, and it was 24 hours of news, okay? So whenever I was in the vehicle, it was on, and I would hear the news reports all day long. I was a news junkie. Thankfully, I've weaned myself off of that a little bit. But yet, when you look at the news it is very evident that there's been a shift happening in our culture that some of us don't know how to react to. And there is a lot of reaction towards it. And that is all of a sudden people, it's become very evident that people don't like Christians. And it's being talked about more than before. Like what's going on? Oh my goodness, what's going on? Hey, by the way, can I tell you something? The reality is, they've always not liked us. Now, here's the thing. So, this isn't a question of what's going on right now or not. I want to show you that Jesus is trying to help you to understand his command. Why you need to love each other. Because the moment he was taken, things changed. And we're living in troubled times. Why? Because we follow Jesus. So let's look at it together. It's going to be verses 18 through 25. Here's what he writes. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world... And I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I have said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I, had not, if I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened, that the word might be fulfilled... Which is written in their law, they hated me without cause. Now, here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to try to understand what's going on because let's just be honest. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think you can agree with me. I don't know of a person around that is a total extreme loner. I'm a loner, I don't like hanging out with anybody. Uh, you got to understand what, an, uh, what a total loner is. A total loner is somebody who doesn't interact with anybody, who has no relationships whatsoever. I don't know of anybody like that, because because you and I were created to be relational beings, and as relational beings, even if you're the most extreme introvert you've got to have relationships. You've got to interact with each other. Now with that, here's what is my point. Nobody likes people not liking us. You want people to like you. We don't like rejection. I have yet to meet a person who really says, I don't care. I don't care what people think. Yeah, we do we say that but we do it bothers us we don't like rejection and one of the things is is we live in our culture and and we try to do church in a way so that people will what accept us now the problem is they're not wired that way and jesus is going to help us to understand why they're not wired now where are we going with this why is he spending this time All right, so let's go back. Just keep it in the back of your mind. Remember what he says. A new commandment I give unto you that you what? Love one another as I have loved you. Now, why is he giving that commandment? Because he's getting ready to be realistic. He's getting ready to show you where the rubber meets the road of the world in which you live in. And then you begin to understand the command and that you need each other. So let's take a look. What's the world we live in? The troubled times. First of all, here it is. Verse 18. He says this, If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. What's going on here? Jesus assumes that the world will not like you. Jesus is under no wrong assumptions here. He just automatically assumes the world isn't going to like Christians. it isn't going to be acceptable that that's just the reality that you need to understand well isn't this a christian culture no no folks it's more and more increasingly becoming with time a more secular culture christianity is just a part of that culture but so are other things and the values that you hold to are i mean should be recognizing that a lot of people don't hold those values anymore and, and what has happened thanks to things like Facebook and thanks to social media in general people now have an avenue to express those things that they didn't express before and they are expressing those things multiple times which is not necessarily good right and because of that People are now have an avenue to express their feelings towards Christians. The reality is, is our world has a disposition against us, and so Jesus automatically assumes the world's not going to like you. Here's what else he says: the reason for the world's hatred is the reality that you belong to Christ. Look with me at verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love you. Isn't that true? If you were holding to the world's values, the world would be like okay with you. But here's what he says. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Because you've experienced salvation and you belong to Jesus, guess what folks? People aren't going to like you. And they don't even have to get to know you. They just automatically have a presupposition against you. I've experienced that. Whenever I meet people, I don't tell them I'm a pastor. As soon as I say the word pastor, boom, I got an attitude coming towards me. Sometimes I'm like, where did that come from? Jesus says, because you belong to me. I'm not surprised by it happening, It's because you belong to me. Here's the third thing he says. Okay, look with me, verse 20. It's kind of telling us what we should be expecting here. Look at verse 20. Remember the word that I have said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Here's what he's wanting you to understand. You should not expect to be treated differently than Jesus was. I think we forget that. I think we have this assumption that everything should be different now, right? No, human beings are human beings. And you're going to see why their anger in a moment, but the reality is, is Jesus saying, look, if they didn't like me, don't expect them to be different with you. This is just the reality of the world that we live in the reality of the world we live in. And by the way, it isn't going to change. How do you know that, George? Because when I read the book of Revelation, the majority of the world's going to go in judgment. And until that time comes, it's going to be hard. Wow, that's really encouraging. I came here today in the rain to be encouraged. Well, I'm going to encourage you here in a moment, okay? Just hang on. You've got to see the reason for the command, okay? I'm trying to lay the groundwork so you understand what he's telling you to do, all right? So listen to me. Let's finish laying the groundwork. Here it is. First of all, why their reason for anger? Look with me at verse 21. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake. Listen, some of them, he's saying here, will be persecuting you in the name of Jesus, they think they're doing Jesus a favor by persecuting you. Here's what he says. For my name's sake, because they did not know him who sent me. Here's what I want you to see. The reason for their anger towards you is their ignorance of God and Jesus. The whole reason why. Look, if you could understand what's going on. See, listen, this is why I'm not into this, the morality code thing. Most people reduce Christianity and church down to a moral code. You ask most people, that's what it is. You talk to people, what's church about? Do's and don'ts. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're not supposed to do. And and can I be honest with you? How did they get there? We kind of told them that. Rightly and wrongly. We kind of told them that it's about what you do and what you don't do, where you hang out, where you can't hang out, who you can hang out with, who you can't hang out with. That's kind of where most people are at. And so they get this wrong idea about Jesus and God because it's our dirty little secret. You know what our dirty little secret is? Jesus accepts you just the way you are. It hasn't got anything to do with you. And so the reality is, listen to me. Their anger is, is because they don't understand and they can't understand. Why? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the God of this world has what? Blinded their eyes to the truth. They can't see it. So when I look at people who've got an attitude towards Jesus, says yes, it makes me cringe, but I also realize that the person who's expressing that attitude, that's the only thing they can do. Why? Because they don't understand and they can't see. They're blinded. I don't think we understand that. You ever talk with somebody who who doesn't understand and no matter what you try to tell them, they don't understand and so they're operating on their ignorance. And you just come to the conclusion, yeah, I wish he knew better, but he doesn't. So we just kind of have to live with it. Well, I'm going to be honest with you folks, that's the world we live in. They're ignorant of God. And so he goes on in verse 22 and 24 and he wants to explain why they reject him and why they're in trouble. Look with me at verse 22 and 24. I hope you to understand it because you're gonna be like, what, what's he saying? Here's what he says. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. What do you mean they didn't? Because he came, they'd have no sin? No, no, it's not that they weren't sinners. It's that when he showed up and spoke to them, and who was he speaking to? Pointing to himself as being the Messiah, they would have had no sin concerning the rejection of God the rejection of the Messiah. But the Messiah showed up, said what he said, and because they rejected him, they now have that sin on their heads. Here's what he says. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Why? They couldn't say, well, because we didn't know. Yeah, you know, he showed up. He said what he said. Here's what he says. He who hates me hates my father also. Their rejection of him is a rejection of God because who sent him? god the father sent him if i had not done among them the works that no one else did they would have no sin he goes on and says it isn't just what i said and who i said i was it's the reality of what i did and let's be honest folks when you read you and i read the gospels have we seen anybody ever do anything like jesus did in the gospels anywhere no And every one of them was what? To show who he was. Making the blind man see. Even the blind man says, have we ever heard of this anywhere in the Old Testament that the blind were made to see? And you know, it's an accurate statement. You go to the Old Testament, you will not find in any of the historical narratives somebody blind being made to see. However, if you go to Isaiah, you see a prophecy that talks about the Messiah will make the blind see. And so you get the point of why he did what he did. He says, they would have no sin, but now that they have seen and also hated both me and my father, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. So here's what, by rejecting Jesus, they've rejected God. Okay, so here's what I want you to write. You may want to write this statement down. Because all of us face it. You will, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's with people you hang out with, maybe it's at the supermarket, maybe it's in your neighborhood, you're going to have somebody in your life. And maybe you're already in your mind, you've got that person showing up in your brain. You're going to have somebody in your life that doesn't like you or your Christianity. I think we could all say that. They don't care about your Jesus. They don't care about your God. Now, here's the problem. The problem is we take it very personally. Because again, we don't like people not liking us. But Jesus is trying to tell you that they're not just rejecting you, And ultimately, the reason why they're rejecting you is because they are rejecting who, folks? God. They're rejecting God. And that should break your heart. Because you understand. What do you understand? What do I understand, George? You understand where everything's headed. In fact, Jesus takes it one step further and helps you to understand. Look with me at verse 25. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled which was written in their law. They hated me without cause. Here's the point I want you to see their hatred and rejection is a fulfillment of God's word. What's happening is not something abnormal. It's normal. He told you it would happen. Every New Testament book, from the Gospels to Revelation, through the letters, makes it very clear that life is not going to be easy and people aren't going to like you because you have who? Jesus. Why can't we understand that? All right, so thanks for that encouragement, George. What has that got to do with verse 17? So let's go back to verse 17. These things I command you that you love one another. Now remember what I said to you. I said to you earlier that Jesus' command goes beyond goes deeper than just the social interaction. So Jesus isn't talking about the atmosphere for our church, okay? He's not talking about how we interact with each other. We need to be loving with each other, okay? That's not what he's talking about. Although that comes, that can come out of it, he's going much deeper than that. He's wanting you to understand you're going to be in a world that has a predisposition against you because of who you follow, And because you're in that world, and because you're going to face the repercussions of being in that world, whether it is outright persecution, like some believers are facing around the world, or subtle persecution, which we kind of face in our culture... God knows, Jesus knows that when you're in the midst of it and you're facing that onslaught of rejection you're going to feel, here it is the thing that we fear the most you're going to feel what? Alone. By yourself. And it's going to bother you. And it's going to upset you. And it's going to discourage you because you're going to feel like, man, what is the use? I'm in this alone. But he's trying to tell you, you're not. You have each other. And when you have each other, you have love for each other because you're not facing it in the world you're in. But in the church, among God's people, you know there's what? Acceptance. Because all of you have who? Jesus. Now do you understand the reason for the command? that the command is so that you understand you need each other. Because we live in what, folks? Troubled times. And by the way, what's happening isn't new, like all of a sudden we can blame this guy for this. No, No, no. What's happening has been happening since Jesus was here. It's just in a different form. So understand that. So then, that really changes the purpose and the reality of church. Which, by the way, let, let's be honest. If they you know, all right, the lockdowns, all of that, I don't really care what your view is on that, but I'm going to tell you a lesson from it. I think we need to focus on the lessons, not the cause. Forget all that. Here's the lessons. One of the things I learned... We need each other. Isolation is detrimental to us. Our spiritual lives and our emotional well-being. And one thing that I learned out of what happened is how important it was for us to get together once a week, at least once a week, and what? How are you doing? I'll pray for you. I'm sorry to hear that. Man, that's exciting to hear that. Good to see you. See, church, we we like to say it, right, at Curvesville Christian Church, it's more than a worship service, right? Because it is. It's the place to come together with other believers because the world is the way the world is. And it ain't getting better. Do you understand? And you know that. You've always known that. So what do we do? We try to make it every day, right? But at least there's one place where we have each other. And as long as we do what Jesus told us to do. And what did he tell us to do? Three times in these chapters... Love one another as I've loved you. That's awesome, isn't it? Something to think about. Hi folks, this is George. I want to thank you for listening this morning. And I want to tell you about a free app that you can get for your mobile device that will allow you to access all the materials and information you need about our church in one device. Simply go to your app store on your Android or Apple device and search for Kerwinsville Christian Church. The app is free, and what you'll find there is everything you need to know, plus all the teaching from our church, as well as this program. And we hope that you will utilize that in your search for Christ. Until next week, folks, take care and may the Lord bless you.